You know what? We all have our 15 minutes of fame. And I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. Ladies and gentlemen, another episode of Women's Pro Wrestling Network. This is your host, Mr. Green. Thank you for tuning in. And this is the Knockouts Victory Road Review. I should include one night only in there since that is now the official name. Apparently they've kind of migrated away from Knockouts Knockdown. It is now one night only Knockouts Victory Road. So I guess Victory Road now has uh, kind of on down another step or I shouldn't say it like that like it's a problem but they've they've uh, attached the name over to the to the uh, knockouts pay-per-view which is which is okay so here we go we're, we're gonna go through the uh, the entirety of this show it just came out as I'm recording this it uh, I saw it uh, uh, last night actually I, uh, I purchased it it premiered on April 14th but I, I wound up looking at it Saturday night um, so this is, uh, they're all female pay-per-view that they've become known for. And uh, before we go into the review, I guess I, I it brings up an interesting thought that uh, this year the WWE will perform their version of, uh, of an all-female event. And it won't be a singular event. It's going to go on for, uh, reportedly at least, it's going to go on for several weeks in, in much the same vein as the uh, Cruiserweight Classic did. And I bring that up because, you know, it's, it's, some, it's kind of a shame that once that tournament comes out, it is almost assuredly going to wipe out whatever ground the knockouts and impact wrestling have created. Uh, I've gone on record some time ago to say that whatever the WWE is, has put out to the public as far as uh, we got the, the women's, or well, start off the Divas revolu- Revolution, then it went to the Women's Evolution, and uh, they, they've pretty much become the face of, well, you know, we support our women, and you know, women's wrestling is important to us, and we've been fighting for this all along, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but Wrestling fans that have watched a wrestling product outside of the WWE know that to be different. Uh, the independents, first off, have been doing it for years. You know, uh, as far as a national platform is concerned, I would have to give uh, credit to Impact Wrestling, then TNA Wrestling, uh, as far as putting uh, women into a prominent position. Not just putting them into a prominent position, but putting them into a position where they had the opportunity to succeed and draw ratings and uh, get big numbers on their show. Uh, and quite frankly, it, it is very much, I shouldn't say assumed, but you know, most of us out here think that if the management hadn't changed in that company at the time, which was around uh, late 2009, 
2000, early 2010. If the management hadn't changed around that period of time, then they may have had a chance. They may, they may have continued to grow. They may have been the headliner because they, you know, they were not only getting ready to do pay-per-views, but they had a, a, a full special on Spike TV at the time. So uh, it, it was good stuff. But again, unfortunately, you can almost guarantee that when the, the WWE's Women's tournament comes around and they start drafting people from all over and they and of course the WWE has super production value and they got a hot crowd and all that stuff. It is going to really really bury <laughs> the anything that the uh, that Impact Wrestling has done subsequent of that or even preceding that and that's and that's a shame because uh, there's some really extremely talented ladies that have participated in that and we're going to go into to a lot of those uh talented ladies uh right now in fact um so here it is this is this is the fourth uh, fourth i think uh not the fourth version the first version of this because they actually changed it around i want to say the fifth uh <clears throat> from uh what the knockouts knockdown was so that's the first thing we have to address the, the knockouts knockdown um pay-per-view was was in essence this the same formula where they would have uh, aspiring knockouts or what they call prospects and then they have the established knockouts and they would wrestle more often than not you'd have maybe one prospect kind of worked her way into the uh the finals but the finals was a gauntlet and then that person would win the um uh the crown to be the the queen of the the knockouts or, or whatever have so no prospect is to to best of my recollection no Mia Yim I think Mia Yim was considered a prospect at the time so scratch that but anyway uh, the uh, the queen of the knockouts thing was essentially just uh, a tiara I, I, I think the they, they had a sash the, the first year, but nothing of any significance. That that's the whole point of all this. It, it, it was even though they had the the, the whole ah, you won the title and you won the queen of knockouts and this that and the other. Uh, it was it was never anything of any major significance. It it, it always was um, just a self-contained item, meaning it happened on that pay-per-view and it was never brought up and never acknowledged again uh so there was no real level of consequence behind what was going on with with the uh with the tournament i mean they would win it but the the crown didn't mean they got got any extra money it didn't mean that they uh, got a a title shot coming up they it never was acknowledged in the, on the uh the day-to-day or the week-to-week television show so it was a major complaint for me, and, that, and they did take strides to try to explain that. Uh, I shouldn't say explain it, but offer some sort of uh, prize at the end of the rainbow, if you will, on this one. And and let me correct myself: this is the uh, fifth all ladies pay per view that has happened with Impact Wrestling. Um, again, the the titles change, but it's it's essentially the same. So. Um, so let's get into that. Uh, the The change was essentially supposed to be uh, we're gonna get all the winners and and have this made this big tag team 
match at the end. It's kind of like if you uh, are old school wrestling fan and you remember the Survivor Series 1990 where they took all of the Survivors and then they paired them off and, and they had the ultimate match of survival at the end where it was like the, uh, the Visionaries and DiBiase versus Hogan and the Warrior and Tito Santana. It's something like that, except it was a little bit more even in concept here at the, at the knockouts, knockdown. But let's go on to it. The first thing that I noticed with watching this is that it opened differently, um, or at least slightly. Beforehand, it did, of course, they always started up and the uh, prospects were in the ring. But here they opened talking about, okay, we had this incident that happened backstage, uh, and they cut to uh, the footage showing Rachel Ellering, who we all know is Paul Ellering's daughter, and she's been around the horn, trained by Lance Storm, and she was confronted and attacked by uh, Laurel Van Ness, who we know is also as Chelsea Green, who also was trained by Lance Storm. So I thought this was a nice little opening to the show that, to uh, give their match a little something extra because you, you knew even though they, that they were talking about well the match is in jeopardy and we don't know if Rachel's going to be able to get out there because what happened is that Laurel slammed her to the side of the trailer, beat her up, slammed her to the side of the trailer, drove her in, shoulder first and that was supposed to have uh, created this uh, incredible shoulder injury for her and so her participation was in question. And you know um, I didn't say this at the beginning so let me say it right now. If you are not wanting to hear spoilers then you may need to stop this right now because this is spoiler heavy. I'm, I'm going over all of the matches. There are eight matches in. It was a pretty long uh, pay-per-view, well, nine if you include the tag team match at the end. And uh, it's going to cover all of that. So if you're not wanting to hear it because this is still in, in rotation, it's still being played, uh, you can catch it on the Fight TV app. You can uh, order it on pay-per-view. Ain't no telling when this is ever going to come out on DVD because Impact Wrestling is horrible about that. I mean, uh, I, they still ain't released the one that uh, with Awesome Kong won her, her year. And never mind the fact that most times when they do produce DVDs is almost a year later. They do not have good turnaround for it, so let's, let's just get that out of the way. But the point of all this is that there will be spoilers, so you have been warned. All right. Uh, now, the pay-per-view starts off uh, mainly the same way after that opening segment, which I thought was nice. It was it was a nice change of pace, but then it went right back into what they normally do. It's like, okay, let's introduce the uh, the prospects and get get to know them, and and we're gonna show you on the stage who your opponent is going to be. And they introduce them one by one. They have a, a little talk with them. It was Jeremy Borash this year that was doing the the introductions along with Gail Kim. They brought her out to. Uh, to uh, co-host that segment with Jeremy Borash, which I thought she added something to it because Jeremy was was a pretty straightforward cat, and he uh, talked to the, the girls and you know introduced them by the name. What do you? Who are you? What are you doing? It's almost, almost like game show host fashion, but uh, Gail Kemp provided the passion behind it. She provided you know I I've known this girl. I've seen her when I was working some other shows and this, that, and, you know, and the other, which gave a little bit more oomph to it, so it was nice having her there. I wish she would have actually gotten on the uh, microphone and called the matches with them, but that was left to uh, Josh Matthews, and I know some people right there are going to be turned off the minute I say Josh Matthews called the pay-per-view. Yes, he did. He called the pay-per-view along with Jeremy Borash. Uh, so I, so that being said, I really don't understand why they had Gail Kim come out. Of, you know, it, it was nice to have her there, and I, and she was cool. 
introducing the girls that came in as the prospects. But I thought she would have had at least some other uh, role that she would have been out there longer. That That's just my personal thing. I, I wish she could have stayed. But I get it. I mean, I, I know that they just wanted her just to do the intro and kind of move on. Uh, um, so they go into the, the introductions. And we're going to roll down the uh, the introductions of the uh, the prospects. The first one that they introduced was Casey Quinn. And she was paired off to go against Angelina Love. Uh, Leva Bates, who had been there uh, in a prior pay-per-view, returned. And she was paired off against Allie, who, you know, some of us know as Cherry Bomb. Amanda Carolina Rodriguez, ACR. Uh, she was paired off against the newest member of LAX, Diamante. MJ Jenkins, who I uh, have the privilege or had the privilege of having a, a great interview with, which you can find on our channel and, or you can find on the uh, uh, Podbean. Just search WPN Wrestling and you can find all our, our uh, podcasts and interviews on that. But MJ Jenkins, the trifecta, uh, even though they never acknowledged her, her nickname as the trifecta, she was paired off against Rosemary. Uh, and she did a good job selling the fact that Rosemary is a scary thing. Although by the time the match came out, she she was a different animal, you know, taking on Rosemary. Then we'll get into that later. Alicia, or her full, I guess, working name, Alicia Edwards. Uh, she makes the return. She was also in the prior uh, Knockouts Knockdown, and she took on Sienna, AK47, Allison K. So she uh, she. Uh, had her match with her, who uh, admittedly Sienna is one of my favorites. That's neither here nor there. Uh, Santana Garrett made her return, and she made her return as Santana Garrett. She uh, previously was in Impact Wrestling as Britney, so I'm glad that they kind of knocked that off. And, and more so than that, they even acknowledged the fact that she was there under different guys a little bit earlier. You know, earlier in her career, they, they talked about her leaving and, and traveling the world, which is all true. Uh, she she has gone uh, hitting the independence, and she's uh, wrestled a number of different places, including Japan. Uh, of course, uh, right now she's also wrestling for WOW, Women of Wrestling. She has a uh, championship match, in fact, around the corner. I think uh, May 11th, so free plug for her, Santana Garrett versus Jungle Girl. This is the uh, WOW championship match. Uh, little little known fact, I guess, at this point, is that Santana Garrett actually enters into this uh, pay-per-view as the WOW champion, although she did not come in with the belt. She is the current reigning and, de and defending WOW champion. And she took on Brandy Rose, which I was a little... I'm not even going to say a little bit shocked. I was very shocked because uh, Brandy Rhodes has had little to no wrestling experience, at least on television. And uh, I, I was surprised that she would be there. In fact, as I was watching, I was telling myself she doesn't need to be in the knockouts lineup. She needs to be under a prospect. But we'll go into that later. Rebel. Rebel made her return to uh, Impact Wrestling, and she was an entirely different persona and and. You'd have to see her in action. Um, she's another person that I got to see uh, when I was doing some covers. Got to call a match with Rubble, so that was great. And uh, you can you can visibly see the improvement in Rebel uh, from what she was when she came in and she was you know uh, part of Menagerie and then later on part of the Dollhouse uh, to what she became in this match. And if there's nothing else that you got out of watching her, you can say that she has 
gotten some real in-ring experience out there hitting the indies. And uh, she was paired off against ODB, who was a, uh, a returning knockout, although she did say that she was officially not a knockout. ODB and... Uh, uh, I want to say... Was it Rachel? Anyway, uh, they, they were considered wild cards. They, they had uh, what they called... Um, Wild card uh, entries. Oh, sorry, no Santana Garrett, no DB. They were they were both the wild card entries where they they had uh, not necessarily prospects. They had already had time as being a knockout, and they were giving them the opportunity to come back and uh, and wrestle again. So uh, even though you had your your uh, your kind of prospect girls, the ones who hadn't been in the company, you had your your uh, returning. Names who were considered the wild cards of the uh, of the show, um, Laurel Van Ness and Rachel Ellering. That that match was left in question. Neither Laurel Van Ness nor Rachel Ellering came out in this opening segment because of the little bit that they did earlier. And uh, I have to say, Laurel Van Ness is one of the most improved wrestlers I had seen. Uh, watching her in this this show was was great. Uh, she has really taken it to this Van Ness character where, you know, it's kind of the spoiled, uh, angry, rich girl. And, uh, she's, she's very entertaining. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I also enjoyed Rachel Ellery, but, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself. So let, let's, uh, go a little bit further on. First thing we needed to address is that this was taped on March 3rd and March 4th. So this is a two day taping that, uh, took the, uh, pay-per-view uh, that they kind of edited it together to make this one night thing. And, and the entirety of the show is, is almost three hours. It's about two hours and 55 minutes. So they are really just shy of three hours in this entire uh, pay-per-view. The, the champion or the reigning champion of the knockouts at the time of the tapings was Rosemary. However, as they have done in the past with all of the knockouts knockdowns prior they do not acknowledge the fact that she's the champion, nor does Rosemary walk out with the title. And I'm assuming that is largely because this is a taped event and they are trying to make it more evergreen with, uh, you know, well, if we just leave the belt off, then you can always kind of uh, put that out there at any given time. Although I really don't understand why they don't have her come out with the title. I mean, especially with this one, because this this may be the quickest turnaround of a taping slash airing that they've done in recent years, and, and uh, which is the reason that I brought that up is like it, it was just a little over a month that they shot it and put it right back out there, which before it would they would almost sit on these things for three months or better. So I thought it Impact Wrestling did good uh, in that regard, and there's a lot of times that you know Impact Wrestling gets kind of crapped on. All the things that they did, and believe me, I understand they've made some horrible, horrible decisions in uh, recent years, uh, particularly letting the Hardys go. Um, but you know that's what happens when you get new management and can't really knock them too much. That got to see where they're going and, and and whether they can make this thing work. So uh, the first matchup or is Angelina Love taking on Casey Quinn. And between every match or preceding every match is an interview by uh, their backstage inter interviewer, Mackenzie. And she's interviewing the knockout. So 
we've already had the segment in the ring where JB and Gail Kim are talking to the prospects. McKenzie is backstage interviewing the uh, established knockouts in between all the matches. And uh, she is first up interviewing Angelina Love, who does push the storyline forward as to why she's there and uh, her issues with Eddie Edwards and, and his wife. Uh, so they they are current in terms of what she was talking about there. I thought that was that was nice. It was good to see, especially when you've seen the previous knockouts. They never acknowledge anything. And uh, then she goes in to give it a backstory between herself and uh, Casey Quinn, where she says, yeah, Casey Quinn was trained by Jay Lethal, but people don't know that I've also uh, had my hand in training with her too, or, or helping get her in you know ring ready. So I know all about her. I know what she does and this, that, and the other. So what she's setting up the fact that it's a little bit of a student-teacher dynamic going on there. And Angelina Love is, has got her number, more or less. Um, Love is accompanied to the ring by her husband, Davey Richards. And the story there is that Angelina took Casey Quinn lightly for the better portion of the match and, and uh, until, of course... Quinn starts to get some level of an advantage and, and fight back. Uh, Davey Richards almost dives into the ring on numerous occasions when Casey Quinn looks like she's going to score the win. But, uh, of course, uh, Love is able to kick out and she's able to get back. Angelina Love, I, I, I have to say, uh, has done a, a pretty nice job of evolving her character from what we've known her as as Angelina Love the Beautiful People, kind of the ditzy, blonde, so on and so forth. Uh, she's none of that here. She's she's almost a... Uh, how can I say it nicely? I was, was going to say she was kind of a sex kitten in there, but it's not like she's running around jumping on every man in the, in the audience. She's only got eyes for her man. But it's they can almost not keep their hands off each other during the course of this match. Every, almost every free turn that she has, she's turning around to them and, uh, you know, they're get, giving each other seductive looks and this and that and rubbing up with each other. There's all that stuff. It, it, it's no kitty love there. That, that's all adult stuff. And you you get the impression that if that arena was empty, they'd go the extra mile. You know what I mean? And so uh, <laughs> that's, that's just a little note there. But she... You know her look has changed. She she's rustles more aggressively, and and that's kind of a, a, a cool deal. But but the match is long it, and it feels long. That that's the only real complaint that I had about it is that it it just, it felt like it was just dragging out. But um, in any case, uh, the the match ends when uh, Richards tries to help his wife uh, from the advances of, of Quinn, who's who's uh, starting to gain leverage in the match. Uh, he does the old, let me put my, my leg through the rope. She kicks the rope, and of course that gives him a low blow. But then she turns right into a knockout shot by Love, which was uh, a little bit unexpected because I'm not sure if we've seen Angelina Love just knock somebody out. Uh, it wasn't, she didn't have a steel chain in her hand, didn't have anything in her fist, nothing like that. I mean, she literally just, bam, and just, that was it. <laughs> she just went down. So it would have been nice if that had been established or, you know, maybe I've missed it. I, I certainly don't think I did. But uh, that that was a win that came out of nowhere in my view. Uh, we then go to backstage again. 
And Allie has a promo with, of course, McKenzie. McKenzie hosts all of these promos, by the way, or back, all these backstage interviews. And, uh, of course, she's doing her Allie character, the over-the-top, bubbly, uh, really happy girl, uh, which, how good is Cherry Bomb to do that? <laughs> you know, how, how good is she to help portray Allie not just portray Allie, but portray somebody who had little to no wrestling experience. When we all know that she's maybe one of the most accomplished wrestlers that is out there. And, you know, that is kind of like an actor taking a role where they have to play like somebody who acts badly. <laughs> and and it sounds probably easier than it is, but, you know, that's a little bit more difficult than it's perceived to be, and so, you know, big thumbs up for Allie for uh, being able to pull this this whole thing off. Uh, Allie's paired off against Leva, which is essentially a babyface versus babyface match, and they show that it's a babyface versus babyface match. There's not really a lot of aggression that comes out there. Uh, they, they even start off, because, you know, Leva Bates comes out in, uh, in costume. She's, she's like the queen of cosplay. And I don't even know what what character she was supposed to be portraying. Don't even don't ask. Neither JB nor Jeremy uh, nor uh, Josh Matthews knew either. Uh, in fact, they they uh, acknowledged openly that I don't know who she is or who she's playing, which is kind of weird because <laughs> I would think that they would at least have somebody kind of feed them the information, especially in a taped environment. I thought that if it was live, that was one thing, but this is edited, so you know I, I wouldn't want to get on there and sound like an idiot and say at least ask her after the show, like who are you doing? But um, the best thing I can tell you is that she looked like she was portraying an anime character. I don't know who, but, you know, I'll maybe find out later. Uh, so she comes out with this little teddy bear, and they start the match kind of playing around with the referee. They tossed it back and forth, playing keep away from him, uh, just just for comedy for the, the audience. Um, but they have a good match. They, they go around, they trade holes and whatnot. And even though the match does pick up, uh, in, in terms of they're firing shots or doing kicks and things like that. Um, it never comes off as if they are mad at each other. So it, the babyface match remains a babyface match pretty much from start to finish. And uh, Leva gets a, a, a pretty lengthy advantage in this thing. Although once Allie begins to turn it around and... Uh, she gets leave outside the ring. She follows her out. She puts her back in. And as soon as she's about to come back into the ring to, uh, I guess, kind of finish the job, Sienna comes out, thus kind of carrying over their storyline of, you know, the issues that Sienna and Allie have had with each other. And she attacks Allie from behind while the referee's back is turned, knocks her into the ring, which then t knocks her into uh, uh, Leva, who, you know, puts the crew to girl on her and wins the match so Leva wins even though she she feels bad that she won and she you know gives her the big hug at the end they, they they hug each other and they, you know they go up the ramp and they hug each other so so you know that at the end of this there's no hard feelings it's just that Leva Bates won she wasn't aware that Sienna did it uh Allie finds out of course that Sienna nailed her from behind and all that good stuff so we have your first prospect who advances towards the finals uh Diamante is the next one up in the interview segment. And who else comes in but Conan and Homicide, the original members of LAX, and Conan still got it. 
he is still a, an awesome mouthpiece. Even though, you know, it was very brief, uh, he comes and he delivers uh, just a, a quick line to, to McKenzie to, to uh, kind of establish who Diamante is, and then they move on to the match. Uh, LAX seconds Diamante versus ACR. Uh, Amanda was was uh, great in her, her heel kind of arrogance coming out to the ringside. Uh, it was the first match of the night that was wrestled aggressively. That, that's the first thing. Uh, so it, it immediately picked up with a different pace, and and that was that was fun. Diamante uh, versus ACR, more or less, we just left a babyface versus babyface match. This one was basically a heel versus heel match because uh, even though you had some people out there that was kind of pushing for LAX, Diamante uh, is, is still a, a heel character, and uh, ACR. Amanda Rodriguez is uh, also wrestling heel. Uh, the only thing that Diamante had that she didn't was she had people outside the ring that was kind of rooting her on and help her and trying to help her win. Even though they didn't really uh, intervene uh, per se, they they just were out there uh, to provide moral support, for lack of a better term. Uh, Amanda came off as the real veteran here, you know, even though she was the prospect of the two, she came off as the veteran, you know, almost nearly out wrestling Diamante at, at every turn. Of course, Diamante got her stuff in. I mean, she, and she wrestled a good match, but you know, it started off with Amanda kind of shoving her around and, and, you know, using her height and leverage and strength and, you know, locking her up in the holes and, and things like that. So she, if you had to guess, I, I would really look at that and say, okay, ACR is the, the vet between the two of them. And legitimately, she, I think she is. Uh, and who, again, that was that was somebody I also had the uh, opportunity to call the match for. Uh, there's a couple of matches with Amanda Rodriguez on our channel. So if you are looking for a match featuring her and you don't know where to go, uh, start with the uh, Women's Pro Wrestling Network YouTube channel. You can find her versus... Uh, Devin Nicole, you can find her in a tag match with Amber uh, Gallows taking on Devin Nicole and the Priscilla Kelly before she was before she was the Priscilla Kelly before she became the uh, uh, the uh, star that she is now. Uh, <clears throat> but in any case, uh, the end of the match happens when Amanda basically gets frustrated when she she levels Diamante with a big kick to the side of the head, and uh, and but she only gets two counts. She's frustrated that she that that kick didn't knock her out and she turns to complain to the referee but as soon as uh, she, of course she turns back around uh diamante catches her with with uh, sudden sunset she just you know kind of flops over and boom and that's it she hits her with that that pitfall one two three and diamante advances going to the finals and i i guess uh, now's as good a time as any to bring up um uh, Amanda Rodriguez had brought brought up some some issues that fans have kind of gotten on her about on her Facebook page uh, concerning her uh, her weight, uh, I guess, and and the matches that she has been on or on TV as of late. Um, and I know she also said that some of that is I don't I don't want to call it glandular, but that there's something it's more to it than just okay I haven't worked out or something like that. She does. You know, work out and, you know, it's just 
difficult for because of that particular uh, condition. And, and, you know, uh, and I know it kind of stroked her nerve, uh, you know, for fans to do that. And, and it's, it's not cool to have her fans kind of more or less cyber bully, you know, her with that. And, and it almost seems like she's getting to a, a not a bad place with the industry because some of that has something to do with the promoters, too. I know she's uh, been very vocal about that. Uh, but um, I, I really would like to see her continue on. I think she's a, a, a great talent. And, hey, if, if Impact Rustin can look at her and say, you know what, what you do in the ring is what counts, Let, you know, let's put you on TV, then, you know, that's good enough for me. And so, you know, if you uh, happen to be at a show where she's doing, you know, cut us some slack, man. She's, she, she's a really good competitor, and she does do her job entertaining the fans. So, you know, that, that should be enough. Uh, okay, so we go next to uh, another backstage segment. This one, Mackenzie's not there for at all because Rosemary has the mic. And, of course, Rosemary cuts the Rosemary promo, and she's great at it. Um, at, Essentially, you know, we, we know how it ends. Whatever words she may strings together, it always ends in, you know, you will decay. Or or some variation thereof. And uh, she uh, cuts that, and then we go to the ring. Now, this is probably the third or fourth person that has come out the ringside with somebody seconding them, which is which is the first thing that I noticed when she came out. I was like, okay, first we had David Richards, then we had LAX, now we got Crazy Steve. So Crazy Steve comes out along with Rosemary. And uh, uh, he gets on the microphone for her, and he starts talking about, uh, or talking to MJ Jenkins, telling her, hey, look, you got two choices here. You can either, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, you can either stand against us or you can stand with us. So, you know, essentially he's putting an offer on the table for her to join uh, Decay. Uh, of course, she turns him down because MJ is the uh, the babyface here, which immediately is met with an attack from behind because as Crazy Steve is talking to MJ, Rosemary kind of wanders herself to the other side of the ring, uh, to the backside of MJ Jenkins. So the match has started. She's got the the, uh, the attack in. The crowd is chanting for Rosemary, which is you know, of course that's the that's the crowd at at Universal. They 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 do whatever they want to do. And of course, you know, we, we have to talk about the crowd at some point. I'll get to them um, a little bit later after the match. Um, <clears throat> MJ gives Rosemary a, a, a great rolling drop kick, uh, and. It's, it's a nice spot where she, she comes out of like a little tumble, pops with a drop kick. Rosemary goes backwards onto the mat. And as MJ is about to, to uh, approach her, Rosemary essentially does her version of the, the Undertaker sit-up. Except she does it in uh, a more of a possessed fashion opposed to a zombie, if, if that makes sense to you. Uh, you'd have to see it. Um, so I, I thought that was a really cool spot. Uh, fair warning, MJ had a springboard botch in this match, but she did a great recovery. Uh, she, you know, and this, in my view, shows the, you know, kind of the, the veteran 
mentality that she has. Like, you know, at first you don't succeed, you try again. So she gets that springboard in, and she nails uh, Rosemary, sends out of the ring, and then she does another springboard and nails her from the inside out. This is one of those things, and I'm going back to the crowd now, is that it, I feel like if this was in front of a different audience, this would have been perceived differently. Yes, it got a pop, and yes, those springboards where she hit him from the, you know, the outside in and the inside out, she finally won the crowd over. She finally got them on, you know, on her side chanting MJ. So, you know, because prior to that, they were they were basically chanting Rosemary through most of it. They did give some smatterings of an MJ chant, but most of that was Rosemary. So those springboards got, you know, got the crowd on the side. But I am really hard-pressed to believe that if this had taken place in front of, say, a full-sale audience where you got a bunch of people who are wrestling fans and they want to be there, you know, you can tell that those people, when they at full-sale, they want to see those matches. And sometimes you look at uh, Impact Wrestling or those pay-per-views and, and you feel like, man, do these people even want to be here? <laughs> they're they're kind of sitting on their hands. I mean, yes, there are people out there chanting and there's people out there holding signs, and but it's, it just doesn't feel like it's the overwhelming majority. And you can't control the crowd, but it does hurt the product. It makes it, makes it feel less important, and that has been the ongoing complaint uh, of these pay-per-views uh, since I reviewed the first one, it's, it's, it's always been the crowd just isn't there, they, and they and they weren't. But anyway, um, after she wins the crowd over, she goes back up to the top rope, not a springboard this time, but she goes to the to the uh, top turnbuckle, and she hits Rosemary with the blockbuster from the top, the old Buff Bagwell move. Um. Crazy Steve gets her attention, and uh, when she goes over to address Crazy Steve, he spits mist in MJ's face, and then Rosemary wins with the roll-up. So it wasn't quite the dominant win that Rosemary had been doing because, you know, Rosemary had been kind of cutting through the knockouts division and just beating people up, more or less. But here, she she had to rely on being a heel, which isn't a bad thing. She, she got into the ring with somebody who wasn't afraid of her despite the fact that she showed the fear when she was announced as her opponent earlier but in that same segment she's like okay okay that's fine i got this and that story that she told her face earlier came through here that when the match started and the bell rang all of that went out the window whatever creeps that she got from rosemary's vibe or crazy steve or whatever all that went behind her, and she was fighting, and she was wrestling, and she wrestled as hard as she could. And uh, it, it's probably very likely why she's on Impact Wrestling right now, because of you know the, her performance in this match. Um, speaking of that, one of the running themes that was going on in Impact uh, Victory Road, or I, I was about to say Impact Wrestling, but uh, One Night Only, Knockout, Victory Road with the can't believe I'm saying a full title. But uh, one of the running things that was going on in there was the fact that we've got contracts. We have open contracts that are signed. And, you know, the people are, we got our officials. They got contracts in hand. We got several of them. And, and you never know. They may walk out at any given time and give a contract to one of these, these prospects and sign them on the spot and so on and so forth. Now, they said this all night long. And all night, nobody walked out. <laughs> So, 
Yeah, one that came out later on. I mean, and, and this is at the dead end of the night. But and I'll get into that. But they they talked about the, the it's open contracts and people are uh, you know we got them waiting and you never know what performance is gonna do and you know if if it was me I'd sign this person right now. They they said that repeatedly and and it's like they didn't present that to anybody. I like the idea and and this goes to what I was saying before that you know there was no no reward or risk or consequence in those prior knockout knockdowns. And I like the fact that they actually gave some sort of reward. You know, you you finally saw, hey, if you get this or you do such and such here, we may reward you by signing you to a contract, and you'll be the you know the newest knockout on the roster and all that good stuff. And uh, that was that was great to hear. That was great. I mean, if you're gonna take away the crown, which the crown didn't do anything anyway, then you know, give them a reason for people to want to appear at Impact Wrestling. And I, I thought that that was a nice little storyline uh, addition. I wish they would have given it more since they brought it up so much. I mean, it, it wasn't like overwhelming, but they brought it up enough times to where you could sit there and legitimately say, okay, where are they? I haven't seen anybody come out yet. That MJ gave a great match. Uh, so, you know, Brandy Rose, you know, whoever, McKenzie, not McKenzie, uh, Quinn gave a great match, Oliva Bates. You could have said that by any number of them, and um, nobody came out. So I, I didn't understand what was the point of them bringing that up, but uh, that's neither here nor there, I, I suppose. Uh, so we go backstage again. Of course, uh, Rosemary won with the roll-up. Let's, let's reinforce that. Go backstage again, and Sienna uh, is back there talking with McKenzie, and she's towering over McKenzie. So you got a real good look at, at uh, what Sienna is in relation to the other girls. Um, she more or less kicks McKenzie out. She, she she doesn't need her to cut the the promo, but she you know she just grabs the microphone, sends her on the way, and she cuts one on her own. And of course, she cuts a good one. You know, Allison K is a is a good promo. She. Uh, and she shows that. So we cut to Sienna now going to the ringside. Her opponent, Alicia, is, is, has already been introduced. Of course, prospects always come first. Um, she offers a handshake at the beginning of the match. Yeah, she being Sienna. And, of course, everybody is out there saying, no, don't shake a hand, don't, don't shake a hand. She... Because she's she's the heel, and she's established that she's the heel, and and uh, logic would dictate that she's going to kick her in the guts or something like that, or smack her in the face. But she didn't do that. She shook her hand, and then she tells the crowd, "See, I'm a nice, you know, I'm nice. I could be nice, blah blah, you know, that, you know, kind of playing up the fact that I'm going to give her some respect." But the second that she gets uh, <laughs> clearance to to charge her with a clothesline, she tries. Uh, Alicia doesn't fall for it, so you know, even though she she did shake her hand, she kept her eye on her. So when she charges with the clothesline, she ducks underneath, and then Alicia takes uh, control of the match, and she fights real hard, and pretty much has uh, Sienna's number, even though there is a massive size difference between the two. Sienna did a good job of of 
putting Alicia in the situation where she could gain control. I mean, they they, they did a, a, a pretty fair thing there. And she regained, retained control until Sienna dumped out of the top rope onto the floor. Now, that's when it all turned for her. And then she just beats her up from that point out. Um, but as she's preparing to put her coup de gras on her, which she actually calls an AK-47 on the uh, on the show, which is a which is a little nod to her former personas, Allison K, and her nickname AK-47. Uh, <clears throat> Allie returns and confronts Sienna. She's you know she's coming out and she's yelling at her from the ramp, coming down the ringside, which gets Sienna's attention. And that gets uh, Alicia the win. So we have interference again, <laughs> which comes into play. Uh, that might have happened uh, a couple of times here. Uh, you know, when you when you go back and you and you look at the the matches leading up to it, you had interference in match one, and you, you uh, had interference in match two, and you had. Uh, distraction in, in match four, you had interference here. It was, it was it was a running theme of interference. I mean, the matches were okay. So like I said, the first one's kind of long, but but it was still structured well. Uh, it, I just would have liked maybe a little less of it. Let's put it that way. So we move on. Sienna's eliminated. Uh, Alicia advances. And Brandy Rose is next up, and she has her, what she is saying, her first singles match. We know that on television, she was about to have a singles match, and then Cody Rhodes stopped it. She's like, he basically said, you know, this company isn't going to continue to uh, pimp out the Rose name, and he took his wife to the back and wouldn't allow her to wrestle. Um, Here... Kudos to them and the timing of getting this out so that it's still relevant. Uh, Brandy is saying that she, you know, I haven't had my first singles match here. So, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go out there and prove what I can do. And, you know, yes, she has more experience, but I'm not going to make this easy. So, clearly she's walking in babyface. Santana Garrett coming in babyface. And we have our second babyface versus babyface match of the night. Uh, this one was a little less, well, I can't even say a little less. It was no comedy in here like the Levi Bates Alley match. Levi Bates and Alley was, was fun to begin with, and then they kind of worked their way up into uh, being more aggressive without being mean. Uh, Brandy Rhodes and Santana Garrett literally went move and counter move for several minutes, and they, they, uh, Kept the crowd engaged. Uh, I was engaged in this match solely because I expected Brandy Rose to be terrible, <laughs> and, I, and I, I hate saying that you know because that sounds awful. But I hadn't seen her wrestle. She hadn't shown any sign that she wrestled. She hadn't shown any uh, sign that she had gone to the Indies or had any other matches or you know or anything. Now, granted, I did see a clip of her in the ring with Joy Ryan, where she, you know, won that match. Uh, but outside of that, I, and that was Russell Khan weekend, which is 
WrestleMania weekend. But outside of that, I hadn't seen Brandy Rose wrestle. So I, I walked into this match really expecting the worst and looking for Santana Garrett just to kind of carry it. Uh, but uh, Brandy Rose did her part. You know, it, we, we have to say it takes two to tango. And even though Santana probably did her fair share of uh, helping her get through it, Brandy did a good job, and and I would almost say if for no other reason, if you got the time and you and you're certainly interested in the matches and you and you have a curiosity factor, uh, check it out. That that match showed her to be technical. It, it showed her to have uh, pretty reasonable competence and and coordination inside of the ring, which which we all know. I mean, come on, let, let's be honest here. Everybody ain't got it. If you don't believe it see Eva Marie, <laughs> you know, uh, so there, there is drive there, there's a certain athleticism there, and I, I can appreciate what Brandy Rose was able to do, uh, it was a surprisingly good match, but it did end with a clean win by Santana Garrett, no, this is the first match that I can recall when nobody got up and looked at the referee, nobody came out the ringside, nobody came up and interfered. So it was refreshing after seeing four other matches where if something like that happened, a distraction and somebody talking from the outside or I'm yelling at the referee where where it took dis- some distraction one way or another for somebody to win, it was refreshing to see a clean win. So if you are, again, if you're curious like I was about Brandy Rose, it, this might be worth the price of admission for you. The next one, ODB. And she gives the basic ODB interview because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And, and, and I don't even need to fill in the blanks of what ODB would tell you because if you listen to this, there's a good chance that you've heard ODB cut a promo and you know exactly what she says. Bam! So she, she did that. Uh, her opponent, Rebel. Rebel came out with a new look, new attitude, um, and she was playing up the cowgirl persona, and she was far more aggressive. Now, the one thing that they did do in this match, and I, I guess you would consider the comedy spot, is that they got Earl Hepner involved with the old roll around and all that stuff on the mat, and um, Earl got to do his strut because he was, you know, he, uh, he was happy that two ladies were rolling on the mat with him and stuff like that. And, uh, that was just a little little fun for the crowd, I guess. But the, the key point here is that as uh, surprised as I was about Brandy Rhodes and it being a surprisingly good match because I was expecting essentially the worst out of her, so my apologies to Brandy Rhodes. Uh, it was also surprisingly good out of Rubble. She was incredibly improved, uh, not just in what she was doing in the ring, but her presentation. Because uh, the one thing I got from Rubble in her prior incarnation with Impact Wrestling is that she didn't really have a sense of who Rubble was. I mean, before she was essentially she was just the the, the girl up from the circus who did splits and twirl the batons and stuff like that. And then she was uh, a part of the dollhouse largely because they kept losing members. And she had her little general outfit on, and, you know, that was never really explained why she had that on. Uh, I, I do have to, to note that uh, as bad as people 
got on Josh Matthews, and, and no, I do not by any stretch of the imagination believe the, the idea that he's the greatest announcer in, in or play-by-play or commentator or whatever the hell he's he calling himself. And, and no stretch of the imagination do I believe uh, any of that stuff. However, he did have one funny line of the night. Uh, that being, during this match with Rubble, he says, uh, where's Sh- Shelly Martinez? Now, if you've watched all of the Knockouts Knockdowns, then you know what that reference is because they had a terrible match. Them being Rubble and Shelly Martinez, uh, I guess it was good for them, <laughs> but, but but it wasn't a, it wasn't nearly a great match, and and. The one thing that that match is noted for, amongst all else, even though it was, uh, I guess, moderate. I, I, maybe I shouldn't say terrible. Even though it was a moderate match, the, the thing that that match is noted for is Shelly Martinez screaming at the top of her lungs by Thatch. If you don't know that, <laughs> if you don't know about that, you can probably find it on YouTube. Just uh, <laughs> Google the match. And and because she screamed at at the top of her lungs, it's like that's all that match is ever remembered for. Now it is ridiculous. Uh, but for you to get the context as to why she said that, go go look it up. I won't go into it right now. Um, but getting back to the uh, the the uh, the match here, Rubble was was really 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 good. Uh, very improved. Like the look. Uh, she she seemed way more confident. I mean, way more confident in the ring this this time around, and uh, it was it was it was a treat. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't say that about all of them, but it was a treat to see. Um, she at the later portion of the match of the finish, she, she's mad at Earl for not counting to three, uh, and tries to hit Earl. She takes a swipe at him. He ducks underneath. ODB picks her up and hoists her into a TKO and lands rubble, pins her, one, two, three. She advances. Essentially, rubble versus ODB is the same finish that you had with ACR versus Diamante. I'm mad at the referee. Why didn't you count three? I get distracted. I get hit with something, and boom, that's it. So they kind of repeated it. I mean, the only thing that was really added to that was that she took a swipe at the referee, whereas uh, ACR didn't. But it was essentially the same finish. And the final singles match of the uh, of this portion of it, or this half of the show, was Laurel Van Ness, which she had no interview because she had her opening spot at the beginning of the show. Uh, and she came out and... Got or she was attempting to get Earl to declare her as the winner because uh, Rachel Ellering's hurt and she's not going to make it out and uh, you know that that's the bad news because I, I won't have a match. She came saying I got good news and I got bad news. You know, bad news being that I you know I won't be able to wrestle because you people paid to see me. You know, yada yada yada. Good news is that I you know I win the match and I go into the finals. So Earl start counting. So she uh, encourages him to begin the 10 count. Uh, I think he gets up to eight or so before Rachel's music hits and she's coming out. She's coming out banged up and selling the injury. Uh, This is clearly the best match of the night. And 
I, I, I can legitimately say it, even though the tag match is positioned as the main event, as far as the singles are concerned, this is the singles main event of the night, and it deserved to be the singles main event of the night. Uh, these two girls trained with each other, probably know each other very well, and, and it showed. They had a good chemistry. Um, Laura Van Ness and Rachel Ellering both really kicked it in the high gear. Uh, Laurel was uh, attacking the, the injury, and Rachel was selling the injury. So they, they were trying to get the old, you know, get the heat on, on, on uh, uh, Rachel being being hurt and fighting back, being the baby face that she is. And and she does. She she fought through, quote, the pain to, to uh, give uh, give Laurel everything that she was looking for and more. But the match ends when Laurel catches Rachel with the curb stomp. Now, she doesn't curb stomp on the back of the head the way that uh, uh, Seth Rollins used to do before the move was essentially banned. And she curb stomps her in, in, you know, the chest, which drives her, you know, whole body down. Uh, but it was a good match, and I, I enjoyed it. I, it. That's another one I would say if you have the opportunity to watch it, you should. And it is yet another example of if that match had taken place someplace else. If it had just taken place someplace else, in, you know, in a different crowd, in front of, a, you know, in a different venue, in front of fans that actually paid money and wanted to see the matches and were excited for the matches, it would have come off so much better. I mean, the match in, in and of itself was was a good match, but the uh, the fans could have helped drive that point home with some excitement and tears and all that stuff like that, and they didn't, and they did get into it, but it wasn't nearly the same energy that. Uh, comparatively speaking that we see how to say a full sale when uh you know they have their matches you know that audience is a wrestling audience and it shows yeah the impact zone audience not so much and and not to take shots at impact or anything like that but there were clearly points in the match where you could see because it's an edited show uh, there, there are times where the uh, the lights are off on the crowd because the crowd is pretty sparse. Uh, and you can see that it's, it's pretty sparse. There are times where the lights are on because, you know, the the crowd is there and it's almost full. And then there are times where, they, you know, it's kind of dim and you can still see the crowd is sparse. And then you, and you can see that uh, a lot of the people are just literally sitting on their hands, you know, not doing anything. They, they're, just, they're just watching the show. <laughs> it's like we, we just needed to come in and get some air conditioning. They're just looking at it. And and that is, you know, that is such a shame. It is such a shame that it, as hard as these girls were working that night, or those nights, I should say, that uh, it gets met with an audience that really isn't that deep into it. But anyway. Uh, so we move on to what would be the main event of the night. And notice, as I said, uh, throughout the eight matches that took place preceding the uh, tag match, no one from the back had come out and offered a contract to anybody. No matter what the performance was, no matter how good they were, no matter whether they won or lost, and nobody had come out uh, yet. You know. I was thinking, if anything, if I were going to come out and offer a contract out, it would have been to MJ Jenkins. It would have been for Santana Garrett. It certainly would have been for uh, Rachel Ellering. You know, those, those are really good matches. But that's just me. 
and and you know that's me talking in in the kayfabe world of of, of wrestling you know that we're talking storyline here um so anyway tag match what they essentially did is they paired off the heels and the baby faces no no big shock there no surprise and uh they created an eight person or eight woman tag team match so you had the team of rosemary angelina love diamante and laura von ness taking on Leva Bates, Alicia, Alicia, ODB, and Santana Garrett. And they played up the fact that, you know, the, the heel team, Rosemary, Anthony Love, Diamante, and Laurel Van Ness, were all kind of deranged, you know, for lack of a better term, in their own uh, regard. And throughout the show, they, I mean, they, they did kind of portray that in, in their own little way each of them kind of portrayed their own little version of of crazy or diamante was just kind of like i don't care about anybody and and angry and aggressive then this was uh narcissistic and and crazy angelina love is was almost a sociopath you know and then she comes out the natural born killers on, on her uh her impact tron and of course, Rosemary speaks for itself. So they did that kind of relaying the fact that the opposition had a, a uphill battle with the uh, with the girls that they were taking on, and it was it was a nice match, you know, the, the, not elimination. It was a single fall. Uh, the one first fall wins. Uh, it had a good spot with ODB and Rosemary, where Rosemary attempted to do the same kind of possessed sit up that she had done earlier in the night or i should say the pro the previous day because it this clearly was the next day you know everything that was on them before like uh laura van ness had an entirely different outfit on which they did acknowledge so you know that no no problem for me there on that they just said that she went to the back and changed clothes and came back out uh rosemary had a fresh paint on her and all that stuff like that nobody nobody had was sweaty and nothing None of that stuff. So this clearly was night two that they were doing this on. But um, the the spot where Rosemary tried to come back up in her uh, possessed position didn't scare ODB in the least as it did earlier with MJ, and she just pie faced her back down, which I which I thought was a uh, was a fun spot and it was entertaining and uh, it it caused. Um, rosemary to do something that she didn't normally do she cowered down she she literally rolled herself over to the corner to the comforting arms more or less of angelina love. she she kind of like hugged angelina love's legs and and gave her the tag she she didn't want no part of odb after that and i, and I thought that was good because you really don't see anybody kind of stand up to her like that you know everybody does play up the fear and i'm glad that they have uh, protected her as being a scary character, but it is nice to see at least one person like I'm not afraid of that. So that that was cool. ODB also does a, you know did a good stack stack up spot where uh, I think Alicia was was basically taking the brunt of the beating from the heel side, and then she breaks free and she makes the tag out. ODB cleans house and she tosses all four of them over to the corner. She does this big splash. Catches all four, all four sit down, and then she sees all four sit down. And then she comes running back, charging over with the uh, the Bronco Buster spot. Uh, so that that was a that was a fun spot too. And then we go into the 
finisher after finisher after finisher after finisher spot. Uh, so they go one after the other, you know, and, and I'm, of course I'm moving forward to, towards the finish now. So that they go one after the other. They, you know, they in succession. We we've seen this before in, in these multi-man, multi-person uh, matches, where it's boom, next person up, boom, next person up, boom, and so on and so forth. Uh, the last person to come through is uh, Van Ness. I forget who she hit, but it came down to Alicia and Laurel Van Ness, and Alicia catches Van Ness with a downward spiral, hard impact on the head, covers her, catches her for the pin, and that's that. The, the baby faces survive, and they win the the night, which uh, you know I, I guess as a team effort it was it was it was cool to see. Eddie Edwards then comes out because what I didn't acknowledge earlier is Alicia Edwards, of course, is Eddie Edwards' wife, which they have brought to light on Impact Wrestling on a couple of occasions, which, which you know, played into the uh, personal issues that Alicia and Angelina Love had in the, the tag team match because this is the first time they had the opportunity to get at each other. So you had that um, kind of personal issue playing out in the uh, in the middle of the match which which is cool um i think uh, we, we had a, a couple other ones in there uh well, i shouldn't say a couple other ones it made, it's only that and then um odb and rosemary that they, they kind of built their their little rivalry right there on the spot more or less but uh getting back to the end eddie Edwards comes out and he and he tells everything you know, i want to he publicly tells everyone uh, you know, this is my wife. If you did, if you weren't aware, and you know, he talks about how she put up with him and all the things that he was doing, and you know, I wanted to be here to support you the same way that you were here to support me through it. You know, all, essentially reversing the roles where she was there to support him through his many championship wins, the, the tag team titles, the you know, X division in the world title. Now he didn't go into all the championships, but essentially saying he wanted to do the same thing for her. And it wasn't just him that wanted to address her. It was uh, when he says that, then the music for Karen Jarrett hits. And Karen comes out with a clipboard. Now, before we go into Karen Jarrett getting into the ring, the one thing that I didn't get, and I, and this may be nitpicking, but the one thing I didn't get is that when Alicia's there, all the other knockouts just kind of walk out of the ring. The heels have already left. So when Eddie Edwards is walking out, they're, they're angry and fuming on on the stage, and then they leave. And you know you have the the uh, baby faces in the ring, but when Eddie gets into the ring, then the rest of them just kind of all right, we're done. Uh, not addressing at all the contract situation or any, anything like that, but they they all just kind of you know walk away. But then you have. Karen Jarrett comes out and she offers a contract to Alicia. She explains, you know, I've seen you stand up for your man, and you know, you didn't back down from actually love on the, on, you know, Impact Wrestling, and you, you you showed heart throughout the night and this, that, and the other. So you want to offer you a contract, and so Alicia gets signed on the spot of the pay per view. My only issue with that is, you know, and I, I just said that the other girls left. I, I I just didn't see why they would leave. Like, you know, how did they know that nobody else was going to get signed? Why didn't they 
hang around to see you know, what, what the finish, what this is going to be. Are we going to go back? None of it, you know, it wasn't acknowledging, especially with it being built up over the over the course of the night. Like anybody could get signed. You know, we got multiple contracts sitting in the back just waiting to go. And throughout all of that, then one person gets signed and that's it. And, you know, that, that kind of finishes up the show. Uh, the show does get a thumbs up for me, but I guess I would give it a solid B. If anything takes away from it, it is that that crowd. That crowd is terrible. I, I, I really wish that if if they had the option, you know, to leave, in, you know, the, the impact zone just, just for a day. I mean, I would be happy if they if they rented out a high school gym at this point. If, if the crowd was livelier than what they got in that impact zone, and yes, I understand a high school gym would not make good television necessarily, but they also didn't have a good television spot when they used the Hardy compound and they had a single light in there and it was dark as all get out. But they aired that, so, you know, why not? I, I feel that if they could get someplace that is that can kind of meet it halfway, I mean, they can rent out some lights. I know they at least got that kind of money. The Anthem can do that. Anthem, if you're listening, you can do that. You can, you can rent out some lights for them to go to just a, a, another location, just like an indie show or a ballroom. I've talked about it on the uh, on the WoW reviews. Is that I, the one thing that I do love about that WoW review is that they've taken a different location. They're in the ballroom. They're, they're uh, at the Belasco Theater in L.A. and it looks great. Uh, and yeah, uh, I forget how many people the Belasco holds, but in a pan crowd, top to bottom, if they pack that place out, they're they're looking to clear a ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollar gate. And for essentially an indie company, that's great. Uh, and when you pay your money to go to a show, you tend to treat it a little bit differently than when you get it just for free. And when, you, when you're just walking in just because it's there, you know, you, you've got no emotional investment in it. But if they can get some emotional investment behind those those girls, it would be so much better. Which goes to the, what I said at the beginning of this review is that, you know, I, I'm fully expecting for that women's tournament to kind of blow this out of the water and that's and that's sad because that crowd is going to be super hot for those girls when they show up you can almost guarantee it and there's no reason that the women of impact wrestling should not have that same type of audience who not should you know shouldn't have that same type of crowd to root them on and and cheer them and and you know make them feel like okay we, we got something going here because they do, they all, you know, they all are very talented. But watching that, you know, when you're used to seeing the TV product, watching them do that show and not feeling the vibe come come across on on the, the screen does take a little bit away from it. And, and you know, I'm sorry to say it, but it it does. Anyhow, that was the one night only knockout. Victory Road review. That was it from top to bottom. Uh, and I guess I should also mention the fact because, you know, JB and Josh Matthews had been in somewhat of feud, uh, which was actually just resolved on TV recently. Uh, of course, I'm expecting Josh Matthews to show back up. <laughs> but it was essentially resolved on TV. Now, uh, they did acknowledge that on, on, on this show. And... They more or less said, look, I know we got problems, but let's let bygones be bygones and let's call it a show. 
they didn't say that verbatim, but you know that that's essentially what they they put out there. It's like let's call the truce and let's call this show for the night, and you know we we got a job to do. Let's do that, and they did. And uh, other than Josh doing his normal heel announcer shtick, which he did, he. He went right back into, yeah, you know, when I was doing such and such, and I was a great wrestler and this, that, and that. You know, other than him doing that, it was tolerable. So for those of you that are concerned that Josh Matthews is just going to drive you up the freaking wall because he's annoying, uh, he, he wasn't overly annoying this time. He wasn't doing all that same stuff that he does on the, on the weekly television shows. And JB was there to kind of balance it out. And more importantly, they actually – acknowledge the stuff that was going on in the ring because that is the biggest complaint that they've had is that they, they would completely ignore matches. That's just rant and rave and talk about everything else under the sun between the two of them and not call a single thing going on in that match. They didn't do that. So if, you, if you're concerned that they uh, kind of skipped off the path, yes, they did talk about other stuff here and there, but it was an acceptable dosage. You will be fine. So that is that. And Again, a solid B. Uh, the only thing that kind of drags that down is crowd, crowd, maybe a little bit of production value. But as far as the girls themselves are concerned, they all went out there and they all uh, pushed hard. I was really surprised with Brandy Rose. I was really surprised uh, <clears throat> uh, with Rebel. Uh, and I was, I don't want to say surprised, but I was genuinely impressed with that, that the main event of Van Ness and or Rachel Ellering. Uh, I want to see more Rachel now. And, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm going to see her in the tournament, or at least that's my guess. But uh, I want to see more of her now, and I wish I could see another match with them in the future, Van Ness and, and Ellering Part 2. I think that I think it deserves it. So, uh, if you are a supporter of this show, uh, and, and let me just put out there, we got some more matches coming up that, that's in the editing bays right now. If you're a supporter, show you got a couple of ways that you can support this. You can go to our Patreon and sign up and, and uh, you know, become our patron. Help keep this stuff alive, which we are we are just starting to push that and uh, come up with some rewards for you guys who decide to go that route. Uh, <clears throat> you can also, uh, of course, do the easy thing. You can go and order the. Uh, Women's Pro Wrestling Network Volume 1, which is on the Women's Pro Wrestling Network Plus YouTube channel. You got 14 days. You got 14 days to, as a free trial to watch our collection of matches, three of which never before released. And, you know, for a 99 cent purchase, if you go beyond the, uh, the 14 day trial, for that type of purchase, that is a steal. It's a steal, folks. I mean, come on. You know, and. And that's two hours plus worth of wrestling content there. All hosted by our, our lovely host, April D. Uh, of course, subscribe to the channel. If you haven't subscribed, uh, we invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We invite you to go to uh, Facebook and follow us there. Uh, we, we haven't pushed Twitter, you know, and I keep telling people we got to put more. At least I'm told we got to push Twitter more. So uh, follow us on Twitter. You know, uh, go to WPN Wrestling, you know, at WPN Wrestling on Twitter. Give us a follow on there, and uh, you know we promise we'll start putting up more video clips and uh, interview clips. Uh, of course, the tweets, live tweets during Raw and stuff like that. So yeah, if, if you're one of those people that like to do those things, you know, give us a follow there. And of course, uh, helping to 
keep the the uh, channel alive following us on YouTube and on our various podcast platforms uh, wherever you may do it whether that's Google Play whether that's Podbean whether that's iTunes uh, we, we're still looking to ex- extend that podcast network but if you haven't followed us in one of those formats please do and if you and if you don't mind hearing the podcast in video format then again go to youtube go to go to our youtube channel because most of the podcasts that we do in these these audio formats are available on the youtube channel and if you're listening this in audio format if you haven't gone to our youtube channel what are you waiting for man we got other stuff on there we got you know got some really good interviews and we got uh uh some matches just sitting there all for free that's it. So you can't beat that. So I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this review. And uh, if you haven't had the chance, 15 bucks, and I do not get paid by Impact Wrestling to promote that, but $15 for a, a uh, pay-per-view uh, of two hours worth of content, some, some really nice matches, and yes, the crowd is dead, but you can you can get past that and you can enjoy the girls do their thing. It is it's worth $15. You won't, you won't regret it. All right, folks, that's it, and we are going to see you later. Be sure to follow us on our various social media platforms, and we will catch you the next go-round.